Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do, and it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm Amanda, your host, and today we have Marin from the Empower Your Pelvis team here with us, as well as <laughs> Stephanie from My Essential Birth. And we're really excited to jump into this week's episode. Stephanie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hi, Marin and Amanda. Thank you, Hello. first of all, Hello. for allowing me to do this with you. I'm really excited to be here. What I do all the time is I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm a mom of, I have actually birthed three of my own children. And then we kind of have a bonus live in niece and she's Aww. been wonderful. So yes. I have two teenagers in my home. She's one of them brings a little spice to, <laughs> you know, have, Oh my goodness. Don't teenagers in general, she's, she's I, awesome. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's so good. But I, I am also the host of the pregnancy and birth made easy podcast. So for anyone listening that is pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant, I promise you'll, you'll love jumping on there. And I also have created something called My Essential Birth, which is an online childbirth education course. And for sure, this is where my passion is. I'm a professional childbirth educator. I'm a doula. I'm a mom. And I love, absolutely love what I do. And that is supporting women, hopefully empowering women to not have fear, but believe in their bodies, in the strength, their intuition, to be able to birth those babies exactly how they desire. And that doesn't mean, I want to clarify right now, that does not mean because somebody's having an epidural or doing it unmedicated, that has nothing to do with empowering and not being afraid. It really comes down to informed consent and being in charge of their birth experience and what that looks like for them. And then having a supportive team behind that, whatever that looks like. So that's kind of my, <laughs> I love, what I love doing. that. Yeah. Cause um, we do get the questions in here. Like, well, what should I do? Should we do medicated or unmedicated? And I was like, what do you guys want yeah. to do? This isn't yeah. me having your baby. This is you having your baby. And you guys have to discuss that as a team and, you know, definitely talk that out and work through plans. The fact that there are people like you out there that are helping families create plans and helping women create plans is huge. I remember our first kid and somebody being like, well, what's your plan? I was like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to have a plan. Like it sounds like a brilliant idea. I plan out what I'm packing to go on vacation. I plan out my week, but I'm supposed to have a plan for birth that like never crossed my mind. So thank you for being able to provide that resource to yeah. so many women out there. You spoke to everybody's truth. That was my truth too. And that truth is parents go to the birthplace, wherever that is, the hospital or whatever, and they come back with a baby. And there's this giant question mark of what happens in between. We all assume whatever it was worked. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why question? And so you're right. Just thinking about, oh, I'm supposed to have a plan. What does that even look like? And to your point, you know, when we're talking about empowerment or, you know, do I need to have it medicated or unmedicated or whatever? How can you even make that decision if you don't have any knowledge behind that? And that's where, we, and I won't, now I'm going to take your podcast completely somewhere else. I'll be quiet in a moment because <laughs> I, you know, I get on these soapboxes, but that's where we've kind of, I don't know if the word failed, but there's this gap between what birth used to look like where we'd have it at home 
with our families and our children and our mothers and our grandmothers around where it was normal and natural. And you had seen this before and you understand what's happening. And now we've turned it into kind of this medical thing and we don't tell people what's going to happen. You know, even moms who are like, I want the epidural. So I don't have to learn about any of this. Well, Mm -hmm. did they tell you that if you get the epidural, you're still going to have contractions? That's fair information to know. Right. (laughs) How do we work through that? So it's all about the knowledge. Like you got to know so that you can plan. Yeah. It's funny. I actually got a doula at like nine weeks. I think it was just because I knew that's something I wanted to do. And going through those like initial questions with her, she asked me about plans and do you want this? Do you want this? And I was like, I'm super easygoing. I'm kind of just going to like go with the flow. And then honestly, I started listening to your podcast and reading books and educating myself. And I'm like, wait, no, no, no. I have a plan. This is what I like. And I know life happens, medicine happens, emergencies happen. But I was like, I actually do care. I actually do have an opinion on this. And I've been educating myself and learning. So it's funny how in even like one month after I found out I was pregnant, I went from being like, eh, I don't really care. I, you know, I trust medicine. I trust all that to more of like, oh, I actually have a say. I actually can decide what I want and have at least wishes, you know, versus just someone telling me, okay, this is how birth works. You got to do it like this. So I was yeah. And what a benefit that on. you're figuring that out with the first birth <laughs> rather than having a bad experience and having to come back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I ended up with three C-sections and my plan was natural birth. I mean, (laughs) Mia's going to go in for a natural birth. I'm in pelvic health. I got to know what that feels like. Right. (laughs) And did a child birthing class at the hospital and was like, came back, was completely, completely scared to death, afraid of what was going to happen down there. And then lo and behold, we ended up with a C-section. And the second time around, it was like, okay, we're having a V-back. We're having a V-back. We're having a V-back. And then that turned into another C-section. I was like, I remember for the third one, I was like, why did I never have like, okay, I had a plan, but I didn't have like sub plans, like plan mm-hmm. AA, plan AB, plan <laughs> AC. Yeah. And realizing like, okay, nothing is going to go according to the full plan. Things unexpected are going to pop up. And so we, like I do, because I've had three C-sections and I I like to even, okay, put that plan somewhere in your plan. Mm -hmm. Like we know 30% out here in our area where we treat about 30% of women have a C-section. So somewhere on your plan, even you think like, that's not me, that's not my pelvic floor. Definitely think about the options with that as well, or else Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of trauma in our realm Mm -hmm. with C-sections that pop up or bursts that don't go according to plan or what we thought in our mind, you know, was beautiful on what, I don't know, a a movie that we've seen in Hollywood or something. (laughs) Right. I love that. In fact, what we call it within the birth course is a birth map. And that's because there's many roads to a single destination. And just to go along with what you're saying, another thing that we provide, and I'm happy to give this PDF to you guys completely for free for you guys to um, offer to your listeners. We have a gentle cesarean birth plan. And that's kind of what we say. Here it is. And if you take what you like, leave the rest, but now you don't have to think about it. You tuck that away. You don't have to focus on it, but if it comes up now, you're like, okay, right out of my birth bag, hand that to five nurses. These are the things that are my top priority. So it takes it out of your mind. You don't have to think about it anymore, but then it also brings it back to, this doesn't have to be this traumatic, scary experience because I actually have a plan for when it goes this way. I think our patients will love that. I think so too. It kind of just hit me. We're a, we're a sports family. We have three boys. So it's almost like, you know, (laughs) how before sports, like we, I don't know, the Warriors and Celtics game was on last night. So we're like, you know, (laughs) 
so-and-so does visualization techniques before they go out for their big game. That's almost like what these planning is, is like your visualization techniques for your big game, your big tournament that you're about to pop out a baby, that (laughs) trophy, right? Like that's your mapping out. I love that. I don't know why that just clicked for me. Yeah. You're dead on. And in fact, visualization is a huge part of Mm -hmm. pregnancy prep. And it's just like you're talking about, like they can have all those visualizations. It's probably, it might not go perfectly. They might not win that game. He might not get all the winning shots, Mm -hmm. but how much closer are you going to get if your goal is set up here rather Mm -hmm. than we'll see what happens? You know, I love this. You're speaking my language. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) What is like a type of client that you would typically work with? Are they usually like first time mom, second time mom, somebody who's had a traumatic experience? Everything and in between. However, my favorite part is that I think because of things like podcasts, like what you guys are doing right now, more moms are finding it earlier. So like my experience was I had a cesarean birth with my first and I wanted something different. And so then I had to go find that. And so I do work with a lot of that as well, but I love the first timers where we've got, you know, more of a conversation going around birth. And I feel like globally, this is becoming more of a thing. You're seeing home births increase. COVID-19 actually helped with that, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And, but there's, you know, the more conversation we're having about it, the more it's seen on social media, the more podcasts, the more YouTube, all of that stuff helps moms to think just like you, you know, to think about what do I want? Do I need a plan? What are my options? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, a lot of the moms that come to me, everybody that comes to me is likely pregnant. There's a couple, you know, on there that are like, I followed you while we were trying to get pregnant. And those are always yeah. awesome. But yeah. those are the moms that I work with. And when it comes to doula work, those are the, the women that come to me for childbirth education. Obviously, those are the women that come for doula work. And they come to me at all times. You know, I was the mom that like I hired my doula like I was a couple of weeks pregnant, right? I took my birth class before I was pregnant second time. Like I knew what I wanted that time. Yeah. But, and then I work with, with women all throughout that period. And it's all about making sure that they have the knowledge and education to make informed decisions about their birth experience. It is never in any doulas or childbirth educators place to ever put their personal feelings or how they think their birth should go onto mm-hmm. them. It is a hundred percent what do you want from this experience? And one of my favorite things that I did actually when I taught birth classes in my home is I would, because it'd be a group and we'd say, okay, let's set up our ideal birth. And I'd get out the whiteboard or in this case, I think I was taping stuff to my walls, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, you guys, let's do the, we don't want an IV. Okay. How about a cesarean? Do, no, we don't want that. We want to wear our own clothes. We want freedom of movement. We want to be able to get in and out of the water. No epidural, no episiotomy, no forceps, no vacuum extraction, right? All these things. And then it's like, okay, ladies, now now look at this birth and men, because we're making this decision together with our birth partners. Mm-hmm. Look at this birth behind me. This is ideal for everyone in the room. This is what you're going for, right? Now say that something happens. You've got to flip three of those things around. So maybe that's, oh, okay, yeah, well, I don't want a cesarean So let's do the IV first. We'll flip that. Or let's flip the, okay, I don't care if I'm in my own clothes. I guess I don't care if I get in the water. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when you have a group of eight, nine couples in there, they're going to have different ideas about that. And that was a great place to say, exactly. There is not a one size fits all. You guys should be totally paying attention to this right now because it matters to you. And that's where it comes in. And that's so a doula or a childbirth educator, that's my job is to support that individual, that individual couple's desires and wants and make sure that they're heard throughout their pregnancy. I think the other thing that a doula does during birth is just to affirm that you're okay. (laughs) And that was 
that's what I, my doula did for me. I felt like, oh my gosh, something is wrong or it must be wrong because of how I'm feeling. And just to hear my doula say, you're doing great. This is normal. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can breathe. And sometimes in a hospital setting, you know, especially when we've got nurses and, and other people in and out and it's like, oh, you look like you're having a hard time. Can I get you some medication? Which sounds like a very kind thing. Mm-hmm. But what if instead you have somebody mm-hmm. saying, hey, you're doing great. This is hard work. Let's try a different position. Mm-hmm. Complete mindset shift. And it changes how you take over your birth. It changes your contractions, your pain tolerance, how you believe in yourself. So that's that sacred part that I get to play a very small part in that I love. Yeah. What are your favorite positions to like prep them? Let's say like the prepping first for childbirth, and then we'll go into the ones during childbirth. I'm so glad you asked this because this is the <laughs> big thing that I send to women. In fact, if you go to myessentialbirth.com forward slash three dash exercises, these three exercises are what I tell every mom to prep with. And that is a forward leaning inversion, which is just what that sounds like. You're basically knees on the couch and you put your head down. You're kind of upside down. You sit in that once a day. You do squats and it's not like you're, I'm going to put weights on and squat Mm -hmm. up and down, but it's a seated squat as if you were in a country that doesn't have chairs and and sitting down (laughs) on the ground or with like a newborn, right? Or not, maybe not a newborn, but a toddler. And they go to play with something on the floor, how they squat down. (laughs) Kids do this the best. Mm -hmm. I've said that over and over to our patients, like watch them learn how to learn stability and they, yeah, they're beautiful. They're perfect at it. And we ruin it with chairs and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things and looking at our phones and all all the things. And then the other thing is pelvic tilts. And that's where you're in like a hands and knees position, equal weight on both sides. And you're just tilting your pelvis. You go from a flat back and tilt that pelvis. You tuck it forward in kind of a rhythmic rocking motion. And those three exercises are the best prep that you can have for your body as you just to make your pregnancy and your birth more comfortable and easy. Now, Mm -hmm. if you want to get into the later, you know, trimester things, there's a ton of things you can do to prep your body physically, mentally, emotionally for birth. But those are the three main things that I tell every mom. If you do these things, you will have an easier, more comfortable pregnancy and birth period. I love that. So let's say the mom is in dilation stages of ready to have this baby. Do you find some positions easier than others for them to get in that are maybe more comfortable or does it kind of vary? It does vary. And so the important part is knowing the positions, just like when Mm -hmm. we're talking about birth plan, it's knowing the information. Mm -hmm. So there's all different kinds of positions that moms can get into. The other part of that is making sure that their birth partner knows the positions. How do I support this woman that I love? And it's unfortunate that a lot of times they get left out of that because they don't want to be the dad sitting on their phone and scrolling. Yeah. But they don't know what else to do. Yeah. And so if we don't tell them, put your hands here when she makes this noise or her. Yes. Or practice relaxation with her before is mm-hmm. if mom needs someone telling her these really positive, comforting things and dad hasn't done that their whole pregnancy, that's not practiced and rehearsed. It's uncomfortable and awkward instead of helpful <laughs> during pregnancy. So there's, there's all kinds of positions. You've got hands and knees, you've got squatting, like squatting next to a bed. You can be squatted on a toilet. You can be squatted on a toilet with your feet propped up on some like yoga blocks on either side or a squatty potty. Uh, You can be (laughs) side lying with or without a peanut ball. You could be over the bed squatted and over the bed. You can be laying down in like a reclined position, literally the best part is having that freedom of movement and knowing the positions Mm -hmm. and then allowing mom to use them, supporting her through that instead of 
we need to do another vaginal exam. Let's have you lay on your back, you know? And she's like, oh my gosh, that's the last place I want to be. I've mm-hmm. been at births where vaginal exams happen anywhere in any position and they can guess what yeah. like your hand fits in a vagina in any position <laughs> yes so it's so silly that a lot of these things that we do especially in a hospital setting is really just for for the provider yes. for the ease and comfort of the yeah. provider not for mom and i think there's a disconnect there yeah hey pelvic posse i want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the empower your pelvis podcast Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.